I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, Pete. Welcome back. Are you well? I am. I'm okay, thank you. Welcome back, yes. Welcome back, one and all. Well, I said welcome back to you there, as if we've been away for more than a week, which we haven't. But we haven't spoken for over a week because of your grueling exercise-based schedule um so if you didn't listen to the last episode of the podcast pete has spent the last week running five half marathons in five days which is insane Uh, and now you've done it it's done it's completed it's actually done now i actually successfully did it like a couple of little injuries but i'm happy with that because i'm no longer under pressure to train for anything ridiculous so injuries are fine but you're recovered now are you Yes, I am, and I am ready to tackle another episode of Friends. Happy day. So Friends with Friends is the podcast where we invite our friends on to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. Uh, Now, I feel like we're on a bit of a roll here, Pete, because last week we had my housemate, my flatmate, uh, my apartment mate, if you are talking in Friends terms. This week, we've gone one step further, Uh, but it's my other halves on the podcast this week, Pete. This is Rachel Head. I know, we're really getting personal, aren't we? Hi, Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Pete. Uh, welcome along. So talk to me about, I mean, so this is one of those things where we lay out the pretense that Rachel and I have never spoken about this, as if I'm interviewing you for a podcast. We've obviously spoken about this in the past, but tell us about, and tell Pete, because you guys haven't met before, tell Pete about your relationship with friends. Uh, are you a, a long-time friends watcher? Are you a recent convert? Yeah, a long time. I mean, it's just going to be very similar to what other people have said in that. Friends is just something that you watch as a child and that becomes a big part of your life. But last week when I was listening to Cornelius's, um, I remembered that I also only remember watching the last season of Friends. Live on television. Like live on television. As it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember all the reruns of every other season, but the last one was one that we all gathered around to watch Mm. every episode. And it had one of the most, you know, when something just haunts you for its sort of embarrassing... That's just like an embarrassing moment that's stuck in your brain forever is like that's sort of how I remember a lot of the lines of friends that I would then repeat, not knowing what they meant. Right. And it like haunts me. How old were you when the last season of Friends was on? 10 and well, young, but like there was an episode and I, this was during the last ever episode of Friends that was being aired. And for some reason, um, Phil, my stepdad's parents were down and do you remember the episode of Friends where Chandler wants to give up smoking? Mm. And he says the line, someone says, oh, you should go for a nice walk. And he says, oh, I'm alive with pleasure now. And I didn't know 
because that was like a weird thing to say and in my head I was like I can say that when it's something I don't want to do and I said that like my um Phil's parents said something to me like when we were in the room by ourselves they were like why don't you do this and I went "Ooh, I'm alive with pleasure now and I look back on that as one of the most embarrassing things I've ever said to anybody ever <laughs> well the good thing is you can claim you never you didn't originate the line no you no. didn't write it they looked shell-shocked though <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive with pleasure now not a good thing for a 10 year old to say no, to their no. stepdad's parents no it was awful and then I said it again like a few months later in front of my mother and shook me to one side and explained well I should never say that to anybody ever again uh, all right tell us about the episode you've chosen for uh friends with friends then please yeah I have chosen the one that was like not I don't even think it's my favorite but it's the one that came into my head quickest because I have watched it the most and maybe just loved it the most when I was younger um which is the one where Eddie won't go the one where Eddie won't go season two episode 19 shall we begin Pete in traditional fashion with me reading out a hastily googled wikipedia synopsis of the episode yeah get your synopsis out let's do this get your synopsis out for the podcast listeners (laughs) Uh, season two episode 19 the one where Eddie won't go directed by Pete I won't need to you know you won't need more clues than that um Directed by, of course. Oh, it's uh, it slipped my mind. It's Remind Michael. Me. It's Michael Lembeck again. Michael, <laughs> it's our old friend is. Michael Lembeck, who's the only director yeah. we've thus far discussed on Friends with Friends. This came out in 1996. Here's a synopsis: Creeped out by his bizarre new roommate Eddie, Chandler demands he move out. Eddie agrees, but doesn't move out. Nor does he even remember the conversation. <laughs> Oh my days. I just honestly hadn't read ahead with the synopsis. And this immediately flags up, I'd say, what is going to be a major part of the discussion of this episode. So let me tell you exactly what Wikipedia says in a very matter-of-fact way. Eddie agrees, but doesn't move out, nor does he even remember the conversation because he's obviously mentally ill. Oh, no way does it say that. That's amazing. (laughs) It does. Instead, he imagines he and Chandler took a trip to Las Vegas and believes nothing else to have ever really happened. Joey, meanwhile, has trouble coming to grips with the death of Dr. Amore and the accompanying change in his lifestyle. And a new book on empowerment for women inspires the female friends to have a, in inverted commas, goddess meeting. Joey then moves back in with Chandler and they kick Eddie out by convincing him he never lived there in the first place. So that's the (laughs) synopsis. A lot happens in this episode. Terrible things that they've said. I mean, this is when watching this back. I was so convinced it was like a really fun, interesting, sort of like quirky episode. And I was like, this is genuinely terrible. <laughs> and they yeah. are mm. awful. Yeah, this has been a sort of theme of the podcast, hasn't it, since day one, Pete? They're like, are the friends really that good people? Are we, uh, are yeah. we, are we convinced they're all right? Uh, but let's attack. So there's three storylines. We're back to the sort of traditional A plot, B plot, C plot in this. Uh, there are three storylines. There's the Eddie storyline. There's the girls and their book storyline. And then... The storyline that I've entitled Joey's New Hat, which I think maybe is the best one to start with. Also, only now has it occurred to me that the hat sort of figures in the the opening scene that Joey's in and then just stops being a thing. (laughs) It's never, I don't understand. And that was in my notes as well. I was like, why is why is the hat? Yeah. Like, why is the hat? It feels so. All I could think of was that they couldn't think of a way to start Joey's storyline. And they were like, hey, guys, guys, what's Joey going to do this week? Uh, how about he gets a new hat? He does it with that bag as well in a later, later yeah. series as well, doesn't he? He gets that bag. Why? <laughs> it's a really it's a really strange, un Joey like thing for him to do once, let alone twice. That's true. Actually, and when he gets the bag, it's almost the identical scene, isn't it? He walks into almost the same place 
position in the coffee shop with his new bag and sort of goes, I've got a new bag and this one is, I've got a new hat. And he takes it to the, he wears the hat to the audition and mm. takes the bag to the audition as well. Yeah. But for some reason, the bag means, um, a man carrying a bag means that you don't get cast in a role. Which That's is, the same, it's the same story twice, isn't it? Wow, They've just yeah. reused that pretty much, like that whole weird thing. That's a, such a good point. That's literally the mirror plotline, yeah, isn't same, it? Yeah. They get, he gets a new item of clothing that people mock him for and then he takes it to an audition and doesn't get the part. Um, yeah. But in this case, he's, uh, well, so he's just, been killed off hasn't he on on um, yeah, days falls, of our lives falls down an elevator shaft falls down an elevator shaft he's dead he's got his new apartment he's got all his animals we'll come to those in a second uh, and it turns out he's got to start auditioning for other stuff and the first audition he gets uh, invited to is cab driver number two on another world yeah so he goes in and to say this audition is bad is an understatement. He tries to make the point that he's a, a big deal, doesn't he? He makes the thing about the paper he was sent his scripts on for Days of Our Lives was better. It's mm. like really clutching at straws to kind of prove himself. Well, and then he repeatedly gets the words wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He <laughs> doesn't speak correctly multiple times. He's really struggling with the transition, isn't he? From sort of what I can only imagine is... so. If you translate this to the real world, okay, if I said to either of you, name a Hollywood actor that's American, you could name like 50 of them. If I said to either of you now, name me an American soap star. Yeah, I'd, like that bloke from ER, that'd be about it. Right. So realistically, he's not a massive star, is he? He's like a daytime TV level of fame. He's not exactly Clooney. No, and he gets nominated for a soapy, but doesn't win. Doesn't win. Yeah, he's uh, he's nominated, not a winner. Although I do, I do think it's partly like in human nature. Like if you were unfortunate enough to lose your job, there will be certain jobs that you, in at least initially, thought that you were slightly above, and then later had to accept that you know you just got to do it to pay the bills. Like I can kind of understand Joey's. Uh, immediate reaction there. Yeah, and he's not happy about going for this audition as the cab driver number two. But his audition yeah. does not paint him in the best light, does it? I mean, he can't no. he can't read basic words. Yeah, he, and he can't like you know when your brain does that thing where it fills in the word even if it's say a little bit smudged. Yeah, or someone spelt it slightly incorrectly. Like yeah. your brain just fills in what that word should be, and he is incapable of seeing that. Like, yeah, yeah. So the, the line is something about oh. We should have taken the bridge. Yeah. And he says, budge. Yeah. I mean, budge isn't even a word. It's not a thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's going to cost you about so bucks. <laughs> That's going to cost you about so bucks. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right in the sense that even if, for argument's sake, let's say the fax paper they get it sent over is really smudged, you could give it a fairly good guess, couldn't you? And this is only season two. So actually, Pete, in our timeline of how stupid is Joey, not very stupid yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's still reasonably sort of sensible, isn't he, in the first couple of ones. So, yeah, maybe this is the start. Yeah. So he doesn't get the auditions, uh, but that's part of the plotline that Joey's involved in. The second half of it involves his sort of new house and his weird porcelain safari. wildlife safari thing. I'm utterly, like, baffled by the idea. So Joey, for the first time, presumably, like he does say in the previous episode, like, I've never lived on my own. Like, I'm almost certain I've never lived on my own. And then he lives by himself. And the first thing he does is go out and buy 
ceramic animals to surround <laughs> himself with. No wonder you've never been able to live by yourself. Like, no one's allowed you to. You're not allowed to be trusted to live by yourself. No, I mean, when you first live by yourself, Pete, I don't know if you remember the first time you lived by yourself, but you sort of just exist, don't you? You move into a place and go... Oh, yeah, you just like, rattle around a bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, often you don't even have the right furniture or crockery or glasses. You know, you don't have enough of the normal everyday stuff to cope with an everyday situation. But to then go, not only have I got all the stuff I need, but I'm going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on ceramic animals. And a, a 3D Last Supper. <laughs> yeah, Let's not forget. 3D Last Supper. Also, one of my favourite moments in this whole episode involves one of the ceramic animals. And it's where Ross very kindly offers to pay for one of them to the keep parrot. it. Uh, to stop it getting taken away. And Ross slaps this ceramic dog on the ass with his wallet. And it's just like, it's just like that's how he's sort of claiming ownership of it. And it's a really, really, I don't know why, but that's one of the things that I remember about the episode is the way that he slaps that dog's ass with his wallet. I think this is a really pleasing, um, like, sort of snap. I think it's his checkbook rather than his wallet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. Like, has a really pleasing sort of like snap to it. I yeah. also, that stuck in my head. Actually, while you're talking about Ross, I think this is quite a good episode for Ross. And I think in the interest of balance, we should really flag these up because I'd say, what, this is episode 13 of our podcast, Pete. We've analysed so far 12 episodes of Friends and at least 10 of them have been filed under the headline, Ross is insane. What is wrong with Ross? No, he's a very logical man in this episode. Yeah, and in this episode, not only is, and we'll come on to the, the, the Be Your Own Windkeeper book shortly, and how he reacts to that. But actually, he's being a very good friend to Joey. What, you know? Yeah. He's gone 200, $200 he's willing to spend on his friend's idiotic ceramic animal hobby. I also find their conversation when, when Joey doesn't react well to Ross sort of being realistic and saying, look, you really need to rein this in. You're, you're in, you know, you've dug yourself a deep hole. Yeah. I find that conversation quite interesting in terms of, the way it paints that sort of friendship because Joey just wants someone to say, yeah, you're right. Your current situation is really bad. And yeah, I agree. Isn't that, yeah, God, isn't everything awful? And jo- and Ross's attitude is to try and be supportive, but by being realistic. And I think those two differences and the way that those two people, like they're clearly very good mates, but they have really different reactions to the same situation. I think that's one of the most interesting things about that episode and that dynamic as well. And I think Ross is like, one of the, this is one of the few times where we see balanced, stable Ross. Yeah. He's like, yeah. do you know what? You, someone needs to have this conversation with you, clearly, because you've been left on your own for like a matter of weeks. I mean, not long. <laughs> Days? Yeah, right. Maybe. And you've gone insane and you don't know how to manage your money. And like, how about we talk about this like grownups? And, and he is oddly demonized for then trying to be reasonable about what's happening and I'm you know I'm on Russ's side yeah and there's that bit right at the end of the episode isn't there where they realize that the dog looks stupid on its own in the in Joey yeah. and Chandler's apartment again and not and not one point do they go do you know what that was so nice of Ross like what a bloody yeah. great lad he was he's forked out 200 bucks for this thing they're just going oh a bit stupid feel a bit stupid with this dog now and he comes back and he's like, I, you know what, I, I can't tell you how much I respect you for what, you know, for holding out. And actually, yeah, that's another nice thing he does. Yeah, yeah, whereas he clearly doesn't because that's a stupid thing to do. It's very hard <laughs> yeah. to respect Joey in any yeah. of the current situations, isn't it? Okay, let's move on to... 
Be Your Own Windkeeper. This is the empowering... Kind of like The Hobbit. Kind of like The Hobbit, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, actually. I, with a quick scan of my memory, could only think of four books that had ever been mentioned in Friends and Be Your Own Windkeeper, which I assume... Do you know what? I've not even checked it out. It's not. I assume it's fictional. It is a fictional book. It is a fictional book. Is one of the only four books, I think, that have been referenced in Friends. Wait, what we got? We got... Uh, Little Women. Little Women. Little Women, yeah, the I Shining. And The Shining, both in the same episode. Be Your Own Keeper and... And The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. In this episode. Oh, yeah. I can't remember literature ever being a subject in Friends at all, apart from that. I'm sure someone will tweet us and tell us otherwise, at Friends can't WF. at all. Um, or that book that makes people cry in one time, in like series nine or ten or something. Oh, what, Chandler Can't Cry? Yeah. And then he's reading that book. Soup for the chicken soup for the soul, chicken soup for the soul, chicken soup for the soul. Wow, that is real good. Oh, I've just remembered another book, Rachel's really adult book, which Joey finds. Oh yeah, oh the erotic literature, yeah. But again, that's sure, that's a fictional one as well, surely. Yeah, I think so. Um, So it's not a heavy literature-based series. Two hundred and forty odd episodes and seven books maybe mentioned at any point. Uh, So this is an empowering book that uh, what Monica and Phoebe have read. They come into the coffee house and they're like, hey, Rachel, you should read this book. I mean, well, they don't even. I mean, they're, they're talking about it. Also, how they the three of them spend so much time together. How has it not come up all the time that they've both been reading it that Rachel has heard of? Well, this is one of the weird things, isn't it, actually? The timeline of the reading of the book. So it's implied that Monica and Phoebe have been reading this for a few days, yeah. weeks, whatever, in the, in the normal amount of time it takes to read a book. In this episode, they tell Rachel about the book. They cuts away to a scene with Joey and Estelle talking about the Another World audition. And then two minutes later, it cuts back to Rachel going, yeah, and she's really I've, just, overwhelmed I've just finished the book. And Phoebe and Monica have apparently just sat on the sofa and watched her read an entire book in the course of an hour or whatever. <laughs> and just gone, you better bloody read this now, Rachel Green, because we are going to sit here and watch you and not talk about anything else until you've finished it. And she's read the entire book very quickly. I love how they paint a really good picture of what this book is about and the language of it all by the bits that they quote. Like, you hear so, you only hear like a handful of quotes from that book, but you can already like kind of get what the whole theme of the whole thing is just based on what they quote. And there are some brilliant, brilliant lines as well. Well, like, I mean, this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning that some of my most embarrassing things have have come from friend episodes because that line where Rachel quotes to Ross, how do you expect me to grow if you won't let me blow? Yeah. just, just baffled me as a younger child and I did not know what that act was. <laughs> is that a euphemistic And another great way? Ross moment, like his reaction to it is brilliant in this as well. I don't know. I just don't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rachel said something to me earlier about what she used to think that line meant. And I feel like she's evaded it and sidestepped it in the podcast recording, but I'm going to make her say, what did you think <laughs> blowing meant? I thought um, a job of that description meant that you would just blow gently upon <laughs> the apparatus. <laughs> what she said is she she thought at that age that it meant the man blowing gently <laughs> some air 
uh, onto the woman's crotch. Yeah. That's what wow. she thought blowing was. Like, I was 10 and it was. Understandable that you like don't know. A, it just seemed like a reasonable. I just don't understand. And do you know what? To this day, I'm going to call it. I still don't really get why they call it a blow job then. I mean, are you blowing? Or maybe I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> it is a misnomer, isn't it? It, it doesn't, doesn't do what it says in the tin, certainly. I've gone very red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most embarrassing moment of friends with friends so far. I'm going to get my mum to listen to this. <laughs> uh, so, so Ross comes in, doesn't he? After they've read the book, they're all up in arms. They're all empowered. The, the forest of my righteous truths and all the bits and bobs. A terrible way to describe. A lot of sex. terrible euphemisms yeah. and metaphors and all of that sort of stuff. And then again, Ross comes in and for once isn't mad and sort of just goes, should we go to the movies? And he does that slightly sarcastic line about it's the movies that keep the schedule so you don't miss the beginning where you're like, oh, right, yeah. it's a bit of a dick line, but that's fine. But realistically, what's actually happened, if you look at it from the perspective of Ross, he's walked into the coffee house to meet his girlfriend for a date and gone, should we go to the movie? And she's basically gone, no, we are not going out tonight without any context. And he's gone, oh, okay, uh, cool, you okay then? And she's just gone, we're not going, I need some time to myself. Based on this book she's just read. Poor old Ross, for once. <laughs> yeah. He also, um, Joey gets criticised as well, doesn't he? Just by association, by the fact that he's there. Because Phoebe criticises Joey for, I think, what she describes as holding a phallic, phallic-shaped man cake. That's exactly it? it, yeah. Well, this is the second appearance in this podcast of the famed Cruller. <laughs> the, do- yeah. the donut oh, yeah. the, the donut shaped sort of thing that we don't really understand what it is because we don't have them here but he comes across and goes do you want, does anyone want a cruller i still don't really know what a cruller is cruller c-r-u-e-l-l-e-r even in this episode yeah. is it not a crowen what's a crowen um uh, a long doe stick all right well i'm gonna well i'm just saying that because that's what i've saw a long doe stick. okay but that's what joey's holding isn't it i'm going i'm googling <laughs> crowen and crowen is a village in cornwall Classic. and then i'm gonna go with <laughs> that'll be it that'll be what he means um, a cruller is a traditional fried pastry often made from a rectangle of dough so all right well I it can't all be winners guys <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's one of those um, Americanisms, isn't it, that hasn't quite translated over here, a cruller. But it gets mm. referenced in Friends quite a lot. <laughs> Rule of Three, a podcast presented by me, Joel Morris. And me, Jason Hazley. In which we talk to people who make comedy. About the films, and TV, and books, and records, and comics, and people that make them laugh. She doesn't want people having a go at Martin, <laughs> even though she can. And that's true. Of, I mean, most of my friends are idiots, but they're my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I never really understood what Han Solo did for a job. <laughs> you don't need to know anything more than, like, he's just sobbing while <laughs> being punched in the balls. They were just trying to make each other laugh in the office. You have to show a certain amount of contempt for your audience. <laughs> <laughs> Write your own jokes, Good morning, you lazy bastards. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Rule of Three Pod. Rule of Three. Available now from all good podcastier. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Should we talk about Eddie? Yes. Oh, there's so much to unpick here, isn't there? I mean, my first takeaway really is, what is the act of dehydrating fruits? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've, I've never I known anyone never, to do it. No, I didn't look that up. But I know that like when you... Like when you get dry, I know you just buy dried fruit to eat, right? But I yeah. don't know what that like. He just had a series of plates, didn't he? Like almost like stacked plates with gaps. So, so there's like sun dried tomatoes, which obviously is what they are, and then there's like dried fruits, and you get yeah, you, you can buy dried fruits in a supermarket, yeah. but I've never known anyone to have the apparatus to actually. I mean, why would you bother? Why would you bother <laughs> right. doing it yourself? They're about a quid in Sainsbury's. Why would you dehydrate the fruit yourself? You've never known a dehydrating maniac before. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, like when because Eddie's been in a couple of episodes before this one, hasn't he? Because there's the episode where he yeah, seems episodes. to think that Chandler Chandler's got with his um, got with his ex, Tilly. and then there's the episode where he moves in, of course, at Tilly, of course. So in the first episode, he's a little bit cold with Chandler, isn't he? Like they don't instantly click, and then eventually they get on a little bit better but Eddie manages to conceal the fact that he is quite literally insane very well in that first episode right. and then no, it all comes so tumbling right. out but it, it comes tumbling out so quickly doesn't it like yeah. the first episode normal but a bit weird and no, then well, no, not even weird just a bit reserved yeah and then the second episode it's like wait you did you have sex with my ex-girlfriend hmm. and then yeah. the third episode like I'm clearly bipolar yeah like that's so, yeah. what yeah. i'm a man watching depressive. him sleep <laughs> and all sorts so that's how the episode starts isn't it uh chandler wakes up eddie's watching him sleep um and it's a kind of another curious open to a f- most friends episodes start yeah. with a little sting and the jollity and they're like oh here's a fun bit and this is another one like i think the one we discussed last week where the cockerel crowed but there's another yeah. one where it's a very eerie quiet opening to an episode of friends and it just sort of a tracking shot across chandler's bed and then we find out that Eddie's been watching him sleep. And there's a really strange moment uh, in the cold open, that I don't know if either of you noticed, where Chandler says, and this is one of those things where I think, is the audience laughing at the jokes? <laughs> or it, are they just laughing at the rhythm of the speech? Yeah, go on. Is it Hannibal Lecter? Right, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. so there's a really strange bit where Chandler goes, Hannibal Lecter, and the audience laughs. And the joke is, Hannibal Lecter is a better roommate than you. But he hasn't done the joke. He's just done it in his Matthew Perry sort of rhythm. Oh, Rachel Pete, for the, for the record, Rachel is pointing at a bit of her notes, which says, Hannibal Lecter, why are they laughing before he delivers the joke? <laughs> but yeah, Guys, he goes... You, you two are so well suited. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. He goes, Hannibal Lecter, better roommate than you. That's what should have happened. And then a laugh. But what actually happens is he goes, Hannibal Lecter, question mark. And then they all just go, ha, 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 ha. 
right. It's like, what are you laughing at? Yeah. And I just, I think that happens so often. You just assume it's something you should be laughing at, yeah. Just before we move on from this scene, there's the bit, I just want to say, when Eddie leaves the room, he opens the door to a room that is not their front room. Right, in my notes, in my notes, I've written the layout of Chandler's room, (laughs) the position of the windows bothers me. Like, it doesn't feel like it fits with the assumed geography of that (laughs) It doesn't, and they open, he opens the door, Eddie opens the door to a corridor. It's a corridor. Yeah. Oh. I didn't notice that. And so, hang on, Pete, the windows are in the wrong place, and then... I feel like the angle that you see Chandler at sleeping in his bed, like Chandler's room isn't a room that you you see very often anyway. No. Like I, I think there's a couple of bits once he's moved in with Monica. But then the windows are almost like to the left of where in my head they would be. So there must be a wall that doesn't have any... An exterior wall in his room that doesn't have any windows in, if that makes sense. Wow. And then oh, yeah, the door opens is, yeah. and it's into a corridor. Yeah, the, the, the door opens into a corridor. That is the sort of trivia we really relish on this yeah. podcast. It's bad flat geography. Bad basically. flat geography. I can't tell you how thrilled I was when I spotted it. Um, and then, <laughs> so generally across the episode, we see Ellie becoming more and more insane. He comes back with that mannequin head. He doesn't remember what happened yesterday. He thinks they went to Las Vegas. And like, it's all unfolding more and more and more that Eddie has a serious mental illness. It's so awful that yeah. that is not. Like, imagine if you did that now. Or imagine if just somebody started acting like that. You'd be like, hey, okay. do you need help? Yeah. And, 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 I mean, it's actually quite dark. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really dark. it's really troubling on many levels that the sort of comical ending to the episode is that Joey and Chandler effectively make a mentally ill man homeless. Like, they render him homeless by virtue of the fact that they want to live together again. And they pretend he never lived there, playing on his mental illness. He is then... Where does he go? Where does he go when he leaves? And also, the audience applaud. When Eddie is locked out Mm. and they see that Joey is now living there, everyone claps. But it's like a slightly sort of hesitant clap as well, isn't it? It's like a, oh, he's... Oh, yeah. This is cool, isn't it? Joey does this weird hello as well, which feels quite unnatural. Yeah, yeah. That whole bit's really weirdly set up. Because if Chandler was genuinely pretending to Eddie that Joey had just always lived there and, you know, he'd never been actually a resident at that flat, you wouldn't set that up. So Joey does a sort of game show spin around and goes, hello, welcome, it's Joey Dribbiani. Um, But yeah, so, so they send Eddie off. His stuff's downstairs. I just... It's kind of dark and upsetting when you watch it back going, where's Eddie going to go tonight, guys? He's got a whole apartment's worth of stuff. There's also, did you know, and I've checked this isn't in the uh, lightning round at the end, so I'm not giving away uh, a question here. Did you notice what Eddie is holding when he (laughs) goes back to the flat? What is uh, that? To discover that Joey's moved in. He's holding holding a bin lid and a fake (laughs) parrot. Yeah. Where's the bin lid come from? And, well, yeah. Where's he been? What's happening? But it looks like Chandler's thrown his stuff into the bin. Yeah. And he's picked up the lid, seen his stuff is in there, obviously collected the item he treasures most, which is that fake parrot, <laughs> <laughs> and then comes upstairs to confront him, still holding the bin lid and the parrot. How sad is See, that? That's, that's already a much more rational explanation than I had in my head. I was Ooh, just good. like, what a strange choice of two props to have. But yeah. it would make sense that perhaps he's found his stuff in a bin. But I don't know. That's a big assumption that they're expecting the people watching to be able to make. Should we do the quiz? Let's do the quiz. 
All right. Quiz I'm not, time. I'm not ready, guys. This is the lightning round. These are five questions that we ask at the end of every episode uh, to test your sort of attention to detail uh, in the episode that you have picked and therefore watched back. Uh, these are little bits that we probably haven't talked about so far. Uh, shall we kick off, Pete, with question one? Here we go. We learned that Gunther was once in a soap opera. Which soap was he in? It's a three-part question. Which soap was he in? What was the name of his character? And how did the character die? Um, okay, okay. He was Bryce in All My Children. Correct. And um, he was killed by an avalanche. He was buried <laughs> in an avalanche. All right, but he, that killed him. Yes, correct. Good, correct. One out of one. That was very comprehensively answered, wasn't it? I'm really nervous. <laughs> Which dehydrated food item does Eddie say is one for the display? Um, oh, fuck. It's a tomato. Is it a tomato? Is it a tomato? It is a tomato. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> I had to do it in a fake accent to remember. A fake accent or an American accent? <laughs> but Americans are famously real. All right, but my accent was <laughs> incredibly fake. Question three. Joey spends $1,100 at a particular store whilst furnishing his apartment. What is the name of that store? Um, I love Lucite. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> I love Lucite. You're doing very well here. You shouldn't have been nervous. These are, these are, this isn't part of the quiz, but do you know where he spent $3,500 and $2,300? Isn't it Chromantic? That's $2,300. Where did he spend $3,500? <laughs> um, this isn't part of the quiz, right? No. I don't know. Portland Safari. <laughs> oh, boo. I knew that. <laughs> three out of three so far, though. Pete, question four. Question four. What is the book's euphemism for sex? Um, oh, Forest of the Forest of Righteous Truth, isn't it? Like, he, you enter her Forest of Righteous Truth. God, we'll give you that. Entering, oh. the, Entering forest. the Forest of My Righteous Truth. <laughs> four out of four. Okay, question number five. And I will flag up that... This is a really good episode for the lightning round and I've discarded at least two other questions which we could ask as bonus questions at the end. But this we'll is see how we do. five out of five in the actual lightning round. Name three of the five words that Joey learns from his word of the day toilet paper. Okay, okay. Um, jaunty. Jaunty. Cachet. Cachet. Pedantic. That's three. Um, Try and name the other two. Condescending. Condescending. You don't have to be so condescending. And uh, oh, I can't think of the it's other one. It's a similar meaning word. Right, I know. It's like at the end, like, um, you have to be so... Sorry, that ironically was quite condescending. <laughs> <laughs> God, be All more right, jaunty. Well, yeah, Ross. God. Um, I, yeah, I can't think of what it is. Judgmental. Uh, as if he needed toilet paper for that word. Right, yeah. yeah. I feel like jaunty She said also... judgmentally. <laughs> You've done yourself proud there. That's five out of five, though, of the actual lightning round. Yes. If you would like to continue the challenge, I have two additional questions. I'd like to know what whether I can answer them. What's on Gunther's tie? Um, a subway map. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that. No. And I always keep a lookout for potential questions. It is a map of the New York subway. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. I, I paused that shit. Like, <laughs> That's six out of six. Uh, you're not going to get number seven, I okay. don't think. What number is Joey's new apartment? 22G. That's astonishing. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that's that's astonishing. It was so pleasing to be able to look you in the eye and say that without hesitation. I can't tell you. I honestly, oh wow! Are there any more facts about this episode you want to give us? Because it seems like you know absolutely everything. Do you know what my favourite thing was? Is the open-mouthed trout that he had in his apartment that is like never referenced. Like he, like lots of the animals are sort of talked about in the three D Last Supper, but he's got like 
just an open mouth trout in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that is like just something that, anyway, that's probably it. I feel like I shouldn't go into more detail. I, I do also have a job and a life. <laughs> Yeah, it's debatable at this stage. <laughs> uh, Rachel, thank you very much for joining us on Friends with Friends. Thanks, babe. Are you saying and, talk and, to me or Pete? Well, I was talking to Pete, but I can also uh, talk to you. Thank you very much, David Cribb. <laughs> thank uh, you, Pete Allison, for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. You've you've really done your episode proud. You've done it justice. <laughs> That's the end of this episode of Friends with Friends. We shall be back next week for another episode of Friends with Friends. Stay tuned for the bit after the music. It's good that we trail that now. Here's the music. <laughs> Hello, we're still here. Um, here's what's happened. I'll, we'll level with you here on the podcast. Uh, the first sort of 10 or 11 episodes, we could always tell you what was coming next because we'd recorded loads in advance. Now we're We were more organised. We yeah. were organised, Pete, weren't we? Now we're recording on a week-by-week basis, so it's often hard to tell what the next episode is. But fear ye not, at some point in the next few days... We will put it on our Twitter, and this is a great uh, chance to plug our Twitter, Pete, which is at FriendsWF, Friends with Friends, FriendsWF on Twitter, uh, and you can go on that, A, follow us, please, because ideal, and B, we'll put on the next episode for next week's in the next few days once we have confirmed that with next week's friend. How's that suit, Pete? That sounds good. All we need to do now is just find a friend. Find a friend. Hey, you can also follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Dave Cribb, C-R-I-double-B. And you are? I am Pete underscore Allison. Allison with two L's. Allison with two L's, not like the name, the, the forename. Although you can get some forename. That's a really boring sentence <laughs> that I'm not even going to finish. I was going to say, I'll just cut out my bit of that as well because it was a pointless <laughs> thing to flag up. At Pete underscore Allison. Uh, yeah, find us on friends, on friends on Twitter. Yeah, find us on Twitter. Come and say hello. And uh, we'll post on our Friends with Friends Twitter in the next few days what next week's episode is and we hope dear listener that you join us then goodbye goodbye bye 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 bye